0: It's good to be back in Manchester with you again and to share the Word of God with you. Apologies for PowerPoint. seems difficult for me sometimes to speak without PowerPoint, but we have this word at work sometimes, a death by PowerPoint, and uh, that's not going to happen this afternoon. I want to share some things with you from the Word of God that come from a particular precious portion of Scripture for me and that's the book of the Thessalonians it's a real delight to read first and second thessalonians i want to focus principally on first thessalonians today and my text is taken from first thessalonians chapter 1 paul silvanus or silas and timothy to the church of the thessalonians in god the father and the lord jesus christ Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our God and Father. Knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God particular verse 3, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. What's been before me during these past days has been the subject of faith, love, and hope. And so I want to begin what I have to say by turning to several scriptures concerning faith, love, and hope. And rather than have you uh, write these down, if you want to give me your email address, if you have one, I'd be very happy to to forward these uh, verses to you uh, during the coming days. So the initial verse from 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 5. Here the Apostle Paul is speaking as to how the Gospel came to them. Our gospel came to you not simply in words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. Uh, Nicholas brought to us uh, hymns in connection with our outreach, and I want to touch on one or two things concerning that in thinking about the Church of God in, in Thessalonica and the Apostle Paul's visit uh, to that region. And he came and speaks of the gospel that they brought. It wasn't simply in words, but it was also with great power and with the Holy Spirit. And so Paul was used by the Holy Spirit and by God through his Holy Spirit to bring many of that place to an understanding of God's love in Christ. We read that when he arrived in Thessalonica, he went straight to the synagogue, as was his custom, And he explained to them things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, and that Jesus was the Christ. And we read in Acts chapter 17 that a few of the Jews believed, and many of the devout Greeks also believed, and several of the leading women. And so we can see from that the the power of the message that uh, the Apostle Paul preached at that time. Someone has once said that it's a bit like a bow and an arrow. Uh, In the hands of the Apostle Paul was the bow, and the message was the arrow. And the question is, was the Apostle Paul speaking about the delivery of the arrow, or the reception of it, into the hearts of those who heard the message? And it appears to me, and you might want to differ on that, although they are connected, that what the Apostle Paul is speaking about here is the impact that the message had in the hearts of those who accepted it. We had a delightful experience this week. We're going through the Alpha course uh, in Swindon. I'm more of a fan of uh, Christianity Explored, but uh, I'm happy with Alpha because at the present time, you know, there's a lot of advertising going on for Alpha. And we had quite a good uh, reception when we advertised the uh, Alpha course in our Facebook page And on our website, we had over 70 or 80 hits. And out of that, we have five people who came along. And there's one lovely lady there called Sarah. Well, they're all lovely. Uh, But Sarah in particular, right from the beginning, you could tell from her face that she was deeply interested in what she was receiving. And on Monday night, at the end of the message in the book, there's a little format prayer that can be prayed which speaks about uh, confessing, Uh, sin and accepting Christ into your life. And she said, would you mind if I just prayed that? And so she did, and she accepted Christ as her saviour. And that was such a special occasion because the word had found a place in her heart with deep conviction. And what the Apostle Paul was writing about here was the deep conviction that the reception of the word brought in the hearts of the Thessalonians. The second point I want to make was these were open and receptive hearts. Some on Monday this week obviously listened to what Sarah was saying and I'll ask you to pray for her if you would. And of course they weren't impacted in the same way that perhaps their heart has not been opened in the way that Sarah's was. You remember that when the Apostle Paul came to Philippi, there was Lydia who was a worshipper of God. And the Apostle Paul came and spoke with Lydia, and we read that the Lord had opened her heart. And so the way was prepared for the message that the Apostle Paul was giving. I just want to bring you the thought that in the areas in which we have our churches, there are perhaps many whose heart the Lord has opened. And one needs to be much more prayerful, I'm speaking to myself and not you here, about the need for reaching out. This woman, Sarah, has come from the other part of Swindon. We would never have been able to reach out to her before, but by seeing the advert on Facebook, she accepted that and she came along. And it's such an encouragement to be able to to share that. And it was true that with the Thessalonian uh, church, their hearts had been opened, and therefore they were receptive to the message. And in spite of severe suffering, they welcomed the message with joy given by the Holy Spirit The suffering was at the hands of men and they were able to withstand that. The joy in suffering uh, came through the Holy Spirit from God. So it was a happy suffering church and a good model, I would say, uh, for many today. What are the results and the witness of faith? Well, we read in 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 6, you became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of of severe suffering, the apostle Paul and Silas imitated the Lord in their own lives, and the example that they gave encouraged those that were in the church of God in Thessalonia to imitate them. They became imitators of Paul and Silas, and in doing that, became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. James was making reference to um, young believers in their church, young people in the assembly. This church in Thessalonica had those that were young in the faith. But what was of particular note was their tremendous zeal and their desire to follow the Lord. And so the church of God in Thessalonica became, as it were, a shining light, not only in the city of Thessalonica, but also right throughout Macedonia and Achaia and into the regions beyond that. And what amazing example that was and how would one would long that one's own church might be such a witness to the grace of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. One thing I want to bring to you today, these are things you know, know well, but we, we need to emphasize them. And that's the tremendous blessing that prayer brings. It enlarges faith. The Apostle Paul says, Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. There was nothing wrong with their faith. They had a tremendous love for the Lord and a desire to serve him. But of course they were young in the faith. And therefore that faith needed to be perfected. It needed to be built upon. And his desire was that he might be with them. To help them do that but we know that he was prevented at that time from doing so goes on to say we always thank god for all of you mentioning you in our prayers we continually remember before our god and father your work produced by faith paul must have spent a tremendous silas too time in prayer it wasn't just a one-off thing it was a continuing thing they were continually in their remembrance and with this in mind we constantly pray for you That our God may count you worthy of his calling and that by his power he may fulfill every good purpose of yours and every act prompted by faith. They had been called out of idolatry. They'd been called into the fellowship of God's son and they'd been called to serve their Lord. And what a wonderful example they gave, not only, as we said, in Thessalonica, but in regions beyond. And the prayer of Paul and Silas was that God would fulfill every good purpose of theirs. Not every purpose, every good purpose and every act prompted by their faith. It made me think of our own prayer times in our own assembly. They're good prayer times. But are we earnest in prayer? Are we continuous in prayer? Am I? Is prayer something I long for? Is prayer something that I delight in? I don't spend enough time. I confess before you this afternoon in prayer, as I should really do that. This refers to the the blessings of prayer. I'm sorry. I think no. Night and day, we pray most earnestly that we may see you again. Ah, oh, sorry. I have covered that one. The work of faith perfected. This is a lovely scripture. And when I read it again, as I was preparing for today, I just looked at those words again. For now, we really live. Since you are standing firm in the Lord, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Prayer is a wonderful thing. Prayer with thanksgiving in joy is absolutely tremendous. And I was just thinking of that expression of Paul. For now, we really live. What had been the difficulty that Paul had been experiencing? He was prevented from visiting them. And so he had sent Timothy in his place. And Timothy had gone there. And he came back and reported to the Apostle Paul that their faith was strong. They were going forward. And now the Apostle Paul said, well, now I can live again. He'd been through Berea. He'd been through Athens. And now he was in Corinth. And in all these places, he'd been preaching the gospel. And yet his mind was on those dear saints in Thessalonica. And he was continuous in prayer for them. And he was remembering them. I want to think a little bit about the labor of love. First thing I want to mention is that love dares. You know, brothers, that our visit to you was not a failure. We had previously suffered and been insulted in Philippi, as you know, but with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in spite of strong opposition. In Philippi, they'd been beaten with rods and they'd been put into prison and they'd suffered such hardship. And of course, he could speak of that as suffering and insult. And yet, in spite of that, it didn't deter him in any way from his desire to carry on with the gospel and to reach out to those who were in need. And this brought him to Thessalonica, and he came and he dared to tell them his gospel in spite of the tremendous opposition that we read about in Acts chapter 17. We read that the Jews were jealous and they stirred up the crowd against the apostle Paul, and there came the mob. And they tried to find out where the Apostle Paul and Silas were, but God protected them. Love dares. That speaks to me. The Apostle Paul said he was not ashamed of the gospel. How many times during my day, during my week, during the month, do I reach out to others with the word of the gospel? Love dares. Do I love? Yes, I do. Do I dare? It's a question one needs to ask oneself love cares this is a lovely expression here we have of the the love of the apostle paul and silas we were gentle among you like a mother caring for her little children we were hearing about those that are young in the faith and they do need nurturing they need, need encouraging as a father deals with his own children i have to be careful here i have two in the audience <laughs> as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of the God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. He saw the difficulties that were around them. He saw the tremendous opposition that they would face on a daily basis. And he knew the difficulties and the suffering that they would have to endure for that. He knew that they needed nurturing. And that was part of the reason that prevented him from going, he sent Timothy instead to nurture them and to encourage them and to perfect them in their faith, to give them the comfort that they needed and to urge them to live lives worthy of the God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Love cares. Love also shares. We loved you so much. Isn't that a lovely expression? (laughs) We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. we delight like to share the gospel. How much do I share of myself? That's all part of it, isn't it? It's easy just to bring words, but also through the Holy Spirit to bring conviction. And in addition to that, to give of our lives as well. That's something in addition to that. And the Apostle Paul and Silas and Timothy, they gave and they gave and they gave again. What a tremendous example uh, they gave to those that were in Thessalonica. But they gave because of the love that they had for the Lord who had given everything for them. Love shares. Love's response. For For you brothers became imitators of God's churches in Judea. They shared the same teaching. They shared the same gospel there was a unity of faith and so there was a pattern there between the churches that were in judea and the church in thessalonica and because they were one with them in the gospel in the teaching they were also one with them in their suffering you suffered from your own countrymen the same things that those churches suffered from the jews who killed the lord jesus and the prophets and drove us out love's response Brotherly love. Do we have brotherly, sisterly love in our assembly? I'm sure we do. And the Apostle Paul says now about brotherly love, we don't even need to, re- to write to you because we know that that exists there. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all the brothers throughout Macedonia. What a tremendous witness. If somebody comes into our assembly, Can they feel the love, the care, and the sharing that's there? I think they do. (laughs) The love that every one of you has for each other is increasing. Not just satisfied with love as is. Here is love increasing and growing. A great example for us a Patent Church. Brotherly love. Love's fulfillment. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. God loves us and by his grace he has given us eternal comfort and good hope. What is my desire is my desire to share that with others. The Apostle Paul here adds the Lord to this. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Is that my longing? To know that and to be able to share it with others. And then 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 5. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and into christ's perseverance love's fulfillment now we come to to hope going back to that verse in in first thessalonians 1 and verse 3 we continually remember you before our god and father your endurance inspired by hope in our lord jesus christ Some people have uh, criticized uh, the book of Thessalonians or Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonica on the ground that it doesn't have a lot of teaching in it. And yet, where else is there so much teaching on the hope that we look forward to of the soon coming Christ? And it was that vision that the Apostle Paul had given to this church in Thessalonica, the hope of the coming of the Lord Jesus. It was very real to them. Some of them even gave up their jobs because of the soon coming. The Apostle Paul had to address that issue. Do we have that same expectation of the Lord's coming? Are we looking forward to it? Does it make a difference to my life? Waiting for the blessed hope. Paul deals with this issue of how they had turned to God from idols. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and the true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Prior to receiving the word of the gospel, they had been worshipping idols, false idols, dead idols, lifeless, not able to provide anything for them in their lives. And they had been transformed by the gospel to know the one true God, the living God, the one who loved them and who gave that tremendous gift when He gave them the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was through faith in Him that they were able to know that they'd be rescued from the coming wrath. Because it's through faith in Christ that we know that rescue from the wrath that is to come, waiting for the Blessed Hope. There was a challenge to the hope that they had. There were many concerns. There were were some that had said that the Lord had come already. And of course, that brought, brought great distress to those that were in the church in Thessalonica. There were those that had already passed away. And there was a concern on the part of many that they might have missed the resurrection from the dead. And so the Apostle Paul addresses this in 1 Thessalonians 4. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who've fallen asleep or to grieve like the rest of men, who have no hope, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. What a tremendous comfort that was to them to know that those who had died, they would not miss the uh, parousia, the coming of the Lord. And do we look forward, do I look forward to that day when I will see him, when we'll be raised up and meet the Lord in the air. A Tremendous day, that's going to be a day of great rejoicing. One of the other uh, folks in the um, Alpha class is uh, a man called Barry. Barry has just lost the light of his life, Uh, his wife Daphne. A very dear man, and for him each day is a very difficult day. And he has an understanding and appreciation of, of the Lord. But he himself admits that he hasn't come to faith in Christ yet. It's something that he's thinking about, which is why he's at the Alpha Course. He comes around to our house regularly to ask for guidance, to ask for for comfort. And we're hoping to uh, direct him in the right way. But it's something that he needs to appreciate himself. I think the expression near to the kingdom uh, would apply to Barry. And please, if you could pray for him, that would be such a great encouragement um, He said to me that Daphne was a believer. And I said, well, that's great, Barry, because one day if you take the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour, you'll meet Daphne again. And I could see in his face the delight and the pleasure that that thought brought to him. But then it seems to disappear, and he said, pray for me. I said, we will certainly do that, Barry. We will pray for you, and I'm sure others in the church, they're already praying for you as well, but... Keep coming to the Alpha Course and I think you'll find the help that you you need. Building up each other in hope and how important this is and how Paul recognised that this was needful for the church in Thessalonica. Our Lord Jesus Christ died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact. You are doing. The Apostle Paul was a great encourager. It's marvelous to read the instructions and the encouragement he gives in his writing here and recognizing the work that they're already doing and encouraging each other in their faith. So, emphasizing here that it's through belief in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, that we have this great expectation that one day he will come for us. Whether we are awake or whether we sleep, we may live together with him. It's been said before that living with him is not based on our watchfulness. It's based on our decision to accept him as our saviour and our Lord. I often think of the example of the, the the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. Remember, they were all waiting for the bridegroom, but five had oil and the five foolish ones didn't have oil. Those that had the oil, they were able to come in to the the bridegroom when the time came and the others who had no oil, they were not. They were out shopping for oil. Oil speaks to the Holy Spirit. And if we have that trust, if we have that new birth, if we believe in him when he comes, we know that we're going to be with him and we shall live with him. Joyous hope and crown. What a, a precious thing this is. And how precious that was to the Apostle Paul and to Silas. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. That must have been an incredible encouragement and a challenge to those that were in Thessalonica, to know that they were part of that hope and that joy of the apostle of of Paul and Silas. And we have the thought too that we are part of the Lord's joy who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame shame, and sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And such a, a pleasure and a privilege a joy to know that we are contained in that joy. Final blessing May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. We often read in scripture of the God of peace. And here we read of the Lord of peace himself. And we know that the peace that he gives us is a peace that will last forever. And it's a peace that will pass, does pass, all understanding. The Lord be with all of you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Grace is something which uh, the Apostle Paul repeats frequently in his letters uh, to the various churches. He ends all of his epistles with the word grace. I was very touched by that as I thought of him on that Damascus road. How important it was to him that he had that vision of the exalted Saviour, the one up to that moment he'd kicked against, the one who took him on the Damascus Road and transformed his life, how he must have appreciated the grace of God that was brought to him through the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I have been blessed by grace. It's a wonderful thing to experience that grace. takes me back to the thought of, of prayer so often In one's prayer time, I've seen it several times that before I've asked, the Lord has already answered because of his grace. The Apostle Paul knew all about that, and therefore he communicated this blessing to others, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Just a few thoughts from the the book of Thessalonians.